Who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Just happening. <laughs> what happened to? I mean, I don't even remember what the the original intro sounded like. Like, what did it used this to be? This is this is a podcast. podcast. This is a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons with each other. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another exciting entry in the story of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. My radio voice. I like it. It's kind of fun. Did it suck? I enjoyed it. It was cool. I'm your host. I'm your dungeon master. My name is Paul. I am narrating this fantasy adventure with four of my friends. Would you all like to introduce yourselves? Hey, guys. It's Jeremy, and I play Satsaurus. Prince of the Nine Hills. Mm, was. Past tense. Oh! Watch Next. it. Next. Next. I'm Jeffrey. Hmm? Nice to meet you. California King Jeffrey. Who do you play, Jeffrey? I play Georg. Georg. The People's Champion. My name is Brackle, and I play Alan. Yep. Yep. Checks out. I'm Felicia, and I play Misk. Before we get back into it, I rolled a seven, seven, which is the number of completion. So last time on Make Believe Heroes, our four adventurers were gifted four extraordinary items. Yeah, it was. From the silver dragon, Hopenkel, the true. Rar. He gifted each of them a powerful item from his past, and then he spoke with them at length about the tasks that lie ahead of them. The dangers waiting around the corner and the importance that they stay the course. And then after a fateful discussion, the four of them retired to their suites where they got a long night's rest. Motions were running high. Tension filled the area as they looked upon what waited before them. And Juniper, who was a little bit of a question, went to Kjorg in the night, but afraid to come forth with what she was really thinking, she gave up. Went back to bed, but the next day she decided that she wanted to travel with them. But the heroes had different plans, and in the end they told her that it was best for her to stay. Hurt, she turned to Kjorg, and Kjorg unwittingly said, yeah, you need to stay. Kjorg, finally realizing with a little help from Misk just exactly what it was that was happening, went to Juniper, comforted her, and they had somewhat of a bittersweet departure. And finally, our adventurers traveled through the tower, and in the courtyard, they mounted their four magically enhanced horses and set forth on the road south through the Sylvan Forest. You're riding along. Along the road, you have passed through the pathway that brought you off of the road to the Tower of Sylvandale. The horses have taken you through the forest at a quick pace and then back onto the road. And you are now blazing along on the road through the Sylvan Forest. This place literally stinks of moisture, decay, mushrooms. I thought you liked mushrooms. I liked the giant mushrooms at home. These horses are magically enhanced. <laughs> so, Brackle, do you know anything of where we're going? 
Do I know anything of where we're going? You know that the horses are taking you there and that it's southeast of Branchar. Wherever the horses are going, that's where we're going. Apparently. Seemingly. I hope they hold out. Well, they're magically enhanced, so... <laughs> so they should be ours. So you all travel along. You don't see anything on the road, you know, the occasional squirrel, deer, things like that. But you're just moving very, very fast. These horses are definitely holding up their end of the bargain. And about half the day goes, and you all have come toward the end of the road leading south through the Sylvan Forest. Brackle, you know... You've known where you were for a while now, but now you're just a few miles away from Branshire, where the road forks. If you were to travel from Branshire, you would go along the eastern road. It would take you up, essentially parallel to the line of the Sylvan Forest. And there's a road that leads north through the forest that comes down and meets almost perpendicular there. And that's where you guys are headed. You're headed right toward that crossing. And you're traveling along, the horses are moving by. Suddenly, you burst free from the cover of the forest. And shortly thereafter, the horses turn easterly on the eastern road parallel with the forest, and they are just booking it along. Luckily, you don't see anyone just yet, because some people might find it strange to see four people on horses that are just absolutely booking at twice the normal speed of a horse. And for a time, you travel for, I don't know, we'll say probably a a few more miles anyway, on the road alongside the forest you're traveling. So would you say that these horses are booking it? Yes, they're booking it. Okay, so you ride along, ride along, and you're going on the road, and it's been about, like I said, about half a day. Are you guys good? Half a day? I mean, yeah, if we're going at top speed. Yeah. Saul wouldn't call for a stop. Saul's probably smoking vigorously. He's kind of sulking after some of the conversations he's had lately. Okay. Just roll me a con save to see how you're all doing. How are we doing? You've been riding a horse for like six hours. I got a six. Okay. I got a 14. I got a 14 total. York? I got a 20. Okay. So, Brackle, you're starting to feel some discomfort. It's not to say that you're like, oh, we got to stop, but you are starting to feel some discomfort. There's going to come a point soon where you're going to have to rest. I think I've got more in me. Let's just keep going. Okay. I love it. So you all press forward. You press onward. And soon, the horses swerve and turn off of the road. And they take off running across the open fields. Because the terrain that you guys are in now is, it's it's the country. It's open fields of grass and tall fields of hay and wheat, barley fields, things like that. But where you're at now is is a hilly sort of land. It's not really flat. It's more like rolling hills, okay? And you all are now on these horses' backs just flying across the face of Monumi along this path over the rolling hills around Branchire, okay? And you are heading south with a little bit of a easterly bend now. You've turned off the eastern road and you're going mostly south with a little turn toward the east. And you all are now running across the fields. But in spite of the fact that you're now off of the road itself, these horses are doing a pretty good job of making the journey feel okay. You know, it's not beating you to death now that they're running on these hills. But you are going up a hill, down a hill, up a hill, down a hill. You see some livestock. You see cattle. You see things like that. You will see barns off in the distance. You'll see homes. You don't see any villages or anything. You guys are pretty close to Branshire. So as far as any real settlements, most of them have lumped in with Branshire at this point. 
point. But you do see the odd farmer that's off on his own who's got his own land. He's tending it. You see people look up at you as you go by, but you don't really have a chance to stop and talk to anyone riding along. You come to a point, Brackle, where um, you're going to have to stop. And you're all starting to get really tired. You, you need a short break. I think a short break would do good for the horses. For the horses. Sounds good. The horses seem strong. Indeed, but even still, we don't want to overwork them, even if they've been magically enhanced. I'm okay for a little break. Fine. Perhaps we can find some food. You guys bring your horses to a stop. You're in the middle of a little valley right now. You sort of come down a hill, and there are a few trees around, just like shade trees, basically. You can pull up under one, get some shade, maybe have some lunch. I do that. Sounds good. Okay. You all stop. You're there in this little valley. You tie your horses off. They gave you some oats and things to give them and like water bags and things for you to water the horses for at least this journey. So you treat the horses to some lunch. You help yourselves to whatever provisions you've got. They probably gave you some things for the road from Sylvandale since they had plenty in terms of food. And you guys take like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or so. You get some rest, stretch your legs, walk around, stretch out, lie down, sit down for a minute, whatever. Is there anything else that you do during this break? Saul's going to take out his dagger and admire it. Okay. Rackle goes into the woods and pees. Okay. There's a couple trees, so you can sneak around behind one. Misk, why do you believe the dragons would be concerned with someone like Brianna? It sounds like... She might be more important than we think. Maybe she's not just a princess. Maybe there's something more, but I, I don't know. And Brenshire is so small. It's not like it's a great city. Does Brackle hear that? He probably doesn't hear that. He's probably wandering around on watch. Although he wouldn't disagree. It is a small city, Brackle says to himself. He admires how small Brenshire is. Yeah, it still has its own local flavor. Mm. He's amazed at the the wilderness around it and how even though people could easily exploit it, they haven't done so. Only living off the land, taking what they need from it, tending it, giving it care in such a way that the land is respected and yet it is not untended. It's not you know right. left and unaccounted for. People use what they need and maybe a little more, but you know, to great pleasure of the people. But they're not greedy. They're not doing it for gain. You know, he once heard someone say if more people valued food and fellowship over hoarded gold, the world would be a better place. And he agreed. So he likes, you know, wine. And Was this a halfling? It was a dwarf who said it regarding a halfling. After a great battle that Brackle heard about from his cousin Jim, who reads such tales. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Brackle... Are you uh, keeping watch for all of us while we just sit around and do nothing? <laughs> Brackle says, oh, sorry, I was lost in thought, but yes, I was keeping watch. Ever vigilant. All right, Mr. Vigilance, roll me a perception check. I will do that. It's uh, rolled a 17 on the dice. Okay. Plus four, that's a 21. Okay. That's pretty good. You're wandering around, Brackle. You've wandered off a little bit from the quote-unquote camp that you all have set up near the shade tree. You're just sort of taking in the nice breeze. It's summer. It's approaching the longest day of summer. And with the solstice just around the corner at the end of the festival, which you now remember this morning would have been the dawn of the fourth day of the festival, and you haven't been there at all, 
you probably wonder if Lily is okay. Hope that she is. Hope that everything's fine. Hopefully she's been able to man the booth or gotten someone to help her. And you're looking off and, you know, you're just observing and something catches your eye off in the distance. You're in a valley, so you can't see off too far, but sort of between two hills, there's a third one way off that you can see. And you see someone standing on the hill, just one person. Brackle points and says, Hark, a vagrant. (laughs) (laughs) You see one person. I mean, they're a good distance away from you, way too far for you to really get much of their features. But the only thing that you can tell is they seem to be a halfling, short. And it looks like they've got their arms up to their face with their hands over their eyes, like they're trying to see off in a great distance, like your direction. Brackle looks at them but he tries not to let them realize that he has seen him. Okay. He just keeps his patrol. He tries not to even pause while still maintaining visuals. I got you. They're far enough away that definitely can't see your facial expressions or your eyes. Just a dim view of a face is all they can see from the distance that they would be at without some sort of magical assistance. So they wouldn't know that you've seen them unless you've stopped and sort of make the same action in their direction like you're trying to see great distance. I don't do that. Okay. I kind of circle back around, mm-hmm. keeping watch in their general direction without making it obvious that I'm doing so. Okay. And tell the camp surreptitiously. Yes. Someone is watching us. I'm going to go check it out, see if you can do something to get their attention so they don't notice me wandering over there. Do you think perhaps... We should just get on the horses and ride. I think it'd be better to figure out who this is because they, I mean, these are fast horses. They've been magically enhanced after all. There's no telling what sort of sorcery these people may, it it could just be a farmer curious about people crossing through the land surrounding his uh, area, but it's better safe than sad. It could be a bush enchanter. It could be a bush enchanter. Fine, check it out. Okay, how do you want to go about doing that? So, I continue my normal sort of patrols. You know, it's not even really a patrol. It's just kind of walking around, stopping, looking around, walking the other way. Okay. And then I have them, like, act like there's something in the camp. Like, they jump up and, you know, y'all figure out some sort of diversion where it's not obvious that you realize what's happened, but where they'll be looking at you, trying to figure out what you're doing and not looking at me. I scream, it's the people's champion! And I swing my new mace towards Saul, intending to miss. Okay. So while that's going on, I want to try to make my way, if there's any cover I can get to, and circle around behind the Watcher. So they're a pretty great distance away from you. I hop on a horse. You don't have to take a horse, but there's really no cover. It's open fields. There's a couple trees here and there, but they're very spread apart. You see what I'm saying? You could hug around sort of a part of a hill to get a different vantage point. That's what I want to do. Anything I can do to keep something between me and them, however small it is. Okay, so you sort of cut off, and you're going to try and circle around a bit. You don't get that far until you get another view of the same hill. It's a few hills back from where you guys are. And you get a view of that same hill where that figure was standing. And it's been a couple of minutes since you've really been able to get a good look. Now you've circled around this hill and you're sort of cutting through between the hills to make your way over there where they won't have a good view of you. And you bring that peak into view. 
And now there is not a figure standing on it. Now there are many figures on horseback riding in your direction. I run back towards the camp and say, mount up! (laughs) Okay. What is it? What's going on? That means get on a horse, Kjorg. Yeah, I jump on a horse. What's going on, Brackle? There's riders approaching, furiously. Well, we need to get out of here. All right, you all quickly mount your horses and take off? Heck yeah. Yes. Okay, you quickly gather up your camp, you throw your gear together, you hop on the horse, and you take off. And the horses are moving very quickly. And, and so you guys are able to gain a lead ahead of them without much trouble at first. And Brackle, you can look back and you can see them dwindling. You can see them farther back behind you as you all are gaining ground and gaining ground. And it looks like no less than 20, maybe even 30 riders. It's a small army in comparison with the four of you. Awesome. We need to hurry. What are we going to do? Should we slow them down somehow or... I don't know. Should we kill them? I don't know if we can handle all them. I can take ten and the rest of you could take ten. They're all on horseback. And we're on magically enhanced horseback. We should be able to outrun them then. Then let's just go. You're all riding over these hills heading in the direction of whoever it is you're supposed to be meeting. And for, you know, a good solid half an hour... You go over a hill, you go down into the bottom, you come up the other side and you look back, Brackle, and you can still see them there. They're a little farther back, and then they're a little farther back, and at first they were just booking towards you guys, full speed ahead, but then you notice that they have started to keep a steady trot, but they're no longer, you know, charging as if into battle, because they can tell that you all are gaining on them, just like you can tell that you're gaining on them. But they never disappear from your view. They dwindle, they dwindle, and you guys travel. This goes on for, you know, half an hour or so. And then your horses seem to slow down a bit. Not like unnaturally slow. I would say that after probably a good five minutes from when this starts, you notice that they are all going at a completely natural pace. Now they're magically dehanced. Does anyone know how we can go faster? Brackle, roll me a survival check. Okay, so, survival, I got a plus four, it's a 22. Oh, wow, that's a very good survival check. Yeah, it is. So we survive. You're in your element. You're very accustomed to riding a horse. You're not accustomed to riding an enhanced horse, one with magical speed. But now that these horses are starting to come down off of whatever magics they were on before, you realize they're winded. I knew it. They needed to be helped, or they needed to rest. Their breath is is coming too quick. It's it's not. They're not in rhythm. They seem off, and you feel like they're not going to be able to keep this pace up much longer. I don't think they'll be able to keep this pace up much longer. Maybe I should jump off and push. We find a defensible position. Is there anything near here, Brackle? I look around. Is there anything near here, DM? There's just some trees every once in a while. Um... You know, what are you looking for? You're not going to find, like, Helm's Deep. I'm looking for a copse. Okay. Of trees? Of trees that's thick that I can climb in and, you know, look upon the peeps as they approach to see what's going down. Okay. We can send our horses on and climb trees. You tell them to help you find one or you're just looking? What are you doing? I'm just looking. I'm saying we we need to find somewhere to hide. Okay, your survival check that you rolled, I'll just piggyback off of that. You guys are riding forward, riding forward, and you see off... Uh, a little piece from where you are a little bit toward the right there is a small copse of trees on a hilltop as far as you can see from where you're right now that's probably your best bet it's not perfect but you know in a pinch 
What are you gonna do? I point to the hilltop and say, there. A vest. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best roleplay ever. <laughs> Saul just does what he says. <laughs> okay, you're all running toward this hilltop with these trees. Yeah, Misk is just following. You all make a bead toward those trees. In no time, you've reached them. You all still have a good lead. Let's send the horses on and climb the trees. You're all at the trees now. What are you doing? We've got the high ground, so... <laughs> I, cl- I climb a tree. Don't try it, 20 soldiers. We have the high <laughs> we ground. We have the high ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we should climb the trees and send the horses on. Uh, I think that's it. We're done. We just peaked. <laughs> <laughs> you think we... Okay, all right. In I have character. no idea. We have the high ground. <laughs> what do you do? I say we climb the trees and send the horses on. Maybe they'll follow the horses and we could double back. They'll see us. They can't see us right now. Oh, they can't? They might see you. Can they? Can they? I don't know. Perception check? You're all at the trees on your horses right now. Stopped. I got a natural 20. <laughs> For what? A perception check. Can they see us? Okay, you can see them. So they can see us. So it stands to reason that they can see you. I'm trying to get up in a tree and, like, in a way where it's not obvious that I'm up there. Listen, if we get up in the trees and we l- let the horses go and they know where we are, they're just going to surround us and take us. Yep. Yeah, you, there's, you can't tell for sure if they can see you or not. You're in the trees and you can if still see them. If they can see us. Well, we need, to get, we need to get to a place where they can't see us and climb the trees. Come on, Rackle. I climb the tree. I said we leave them. I'm in the tree. We're going to go. Uh, you, you guys are in this copse of trees. Are y'all saying you want to leave here again? That's what Saul's saying, but Brackle's climbing a tree. So oh, okay. We can't leave Brackle. If he's up in the tree and he thinks it's the best idea, he knows this land better than any of us. What are you doing, Brackle? Do we all climb trees? Like, we, How do we defend ourselves? They already know that we're here. I know what to do. You all climb the trees. Tree. Only one. And I'll kill them with the trees. These horses are lathered. Great. They're lathered. We we can't keep going on these. All right. We circle up. Take your post. We'll... Jorg, get out in front. Okay. I'll take care of this. Let's just get in the trees. Brackle's in the tree. I'll get in the tree. How tall are these trees? You know, normal height. How, how girthy are they? Normal. Why? Are you asking me if you can wield one as a weapon? No. What are you asking me about no, their? That's gr- strong. He's wanting to chop a tree down and make it fall on him. I right? want to. I want to chop all the trees down. Well, you have one good hand axe. I have a mace of smiting. Okay, that's true. You're, you're not going to take down that many trees before they get here. No. Um. You could look for one that's not so thick and try to knock it down. Clock's ticking. Saul's going to stealth it up. And try to find... He ain't going to climb a tree if he knows that they're going to see him. But he's going to stealth it up and try to get some bushes or something. Misk, if they see us, you don't let the idiot get us all killed. Okay, I got an idea. I want to I use my cloak and make it look like I'm up in the tree, but I'm really down in the bushes. Okay. I can do that? Sure. I'm fine with that. I'm going to hide in the bushes kind of near Saul and use my cloak of displacement and... Make it appear like I'm up in a tree. But you're not. But I'm not. Okay. When you all hear Misk's voice, it's coming from the ground. 
even though it looks like she's in the tree. How did you get up there? I'll tell you later, Georg. Just be quiet and hide. I don't hide. Brackle hides. I mean, he did like a while ago, but he's hiding even more. I'm waiting to time the moment to where a tree will fall right in front of them so they can't stop their horses and then they crash and die. We should try to get some uh, fishing wire and put it at neck height where they're heading. So that way it'll c- cut their faces off. They are they are <laughs> cresting the hill opposite from where you guys are now, running right towards you. Brackle, at a quick glance, it looks like there's 25, possibly closer to 30 of them. They're all halflings. They seem to be riding ponies and things like that. Who is trying to hide? Saul, you're trying to hide? Yep. Anyone that's trying to hide right now, roll me a d20 for stealth. Uh, I got a 17. Okay. What'd you get, Saul? I got a 15. I got a 16. Okay. You're all hiding in the treetops. Kjorg, what are you doing? You're down by a tree, going to try and smash it and make it fall onto some of them, hopefully? Yes. Okay. We're like in front of them at the last second, so they can't stop. Okay. So you're all inside this copse of trees watching as they approach, and they're just running full peel towards you. But as they approach the trees, rather than riding into them cured, they pull back and they begin to create like a sort of circle around the trees. Great. So I chop them down in circles around us. You can still try to knock that tree down. It's possible that there's there are some that are close enough you could possibly hit one with a tree. I really want to do that. Okay, you can you can try. You, you wouldn't be able to trip them up, but you could possibly land one on one. Is that what you want to do? Yes. I will. Okay, I'm going to say with your mace of smiting, you've got one that's uh, thin enough that you can make it explode like you did that disc. I mean, that's sort of what it does. I won't even make you roll me the attack roll to bust this tree down, but I am going to make you roll me a percentage dice. Oh. So let's say if you get 40% or higher, then you hit one. Uh, We'll call it 35% or higher. So anything 35 and up will have you hitting one. 38? 38. Oh, wow. Wow. If I hadn't changed it, you'd have missed. (laughs) So you just slam your mace into this tree. One hit, you manage, it's honestly a little shocking, you manage to just crush the back half of this tree. And then the weight atop of it makes it creak and fall. And one of the halflings that is starting to circle around in that direction looks up just in time to see the tree, but he lets out a little yell and when he does it spooks his horse and rather than take off his horse bucks up and the trees fall squarely on him hits him on the head he he dead he's real dead nice 29 left unfortunately the the horse was crushed also but they both die Mm. that's sad we don't even know if these are villains yet i mean they're surrounding us they're obviously hot feet come on there's a bunch of them right yeah brackle wants to cast hell of thorns Okay. And shoot into the crowd. Okay. If you're chasing us, prepare to die. You yell that out, Kjorg? Yes. Alan, are you wanting to make an attack? Yeah, I am. Yes. Okay, fire an arrow. So what's the uh, what's the arrow? What's the new thing for the bow? It's just, just plus one, right? I thought it was like plus six. <laughs> okay. Yeah, roll a d20. What's your attack? So I rolled a... 17. Okay. That will hit. Direct hit. 
so with Hell of Thorns, mm-hmm. I'm trying to hit with maximal clumpage. Wherever they're clumped together, I want to aim squarely for the center of that, whoever's in the middle, so that I can get as many people who are within five feet of that one person. There's probably not more than two of them, the way that they're sort of spread out. No! But I'll say that you can get two that are close together, because they got to be five feet, right? Within five feet of the center. So I could yeah. potentially hit up to nine. Okay, you can hit one additional, so two of them can be targeted with that. What do they have to make? A deck save? They have to make a deck save, and that's uh, 12. They both save. Okay, so they take half as much damage on a successful one. Wow. Okay, so 1d10, half of that? 1d10. So first I need to roll my damage for the one dude. Okay. Just 1d8 plus... So a plus one bow, does that apply to damage as well? Yes, so it's 1d8 plus four instead of 1d8 plus three. So I rolled a six... Plus four is 10. And then I roll a D10. I rolled a zero. That's a bummer. Wait, that's no, 10. that's a 10. <laughs> that's a five. So, oh my so, so that's a five. Okay, so the one that you hit with the arrow is dead. The other <laughs> just takes five damage. So describe yes. that to me. Yeah, yeah. So I shoot the bow, and I shoot it in sort of an arc. And whenever it's in the air, the camera pans up. It eclipses the sun slightly. Yes. There's some lens flare. Mm-hmm. And the arrow, it stays intact, but it like pieces break off of it without actually like diminishing it. Okay. And all this, this big fan of thorns, you know, it's like 15 feet in diameter or something like that. The arrow hits in the center with a, thunk, but then all the thorns, are like, it's like, that's all the thorns hit. And so the one in the middle gets hit with the arrow screams. And then suddenly a bunch of thorns hit it and it screams some more than no more. And the other one, <laughs> Just gets hit by a bunch of like, it's like, oh, I love the sound effects. The sound effects are amazing. Thank you. I practiced. All right. So at this point, a couple of them have been attacked. Saul, are you maintaining your hidden position? Yep. He's going to wait till they get close. He's got that new dagger out. Misk, same for you. So Misk up in the tree, Mm. obviously they know that we're here. I mean, Brackle just shot them and Kjorg like, you know. Mm. Drop the tree on some dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Misk being actually in the bushes, you know, but she's up in the tree as well. Waiting in the bushes of love. <laughs> Every day I worry all day. Something's waiting in the bushes for us. Um, <laughs> good. Um, Misk up in the tree is going to be like, who are you and what are you doing here? One of them steps up toward sort of the front area where you guys are at, where the tree is now laying where one is laying there dead. One sort of circles around and says, I think you know who we are. Little punks. You you guys should just come on out and give yourselves up. There's no way you're going to get out of here with your lives intact. Why would we do that? As that's happening, one of the other halflings on uh, a pony comes riding up from behind him. Says, step aside. Let me handle this one. And he comes clip-clopping up toward the front where you guys can see very clearly. And he climbs down off of his horse. And this halfling looks quite a bit different from the rest of them, honestly. He uh, he has gray hair. Whereas most of the ones that you've seen have been younger halflings. You know, light brown hair and things of that nature. This guy has gray hair, so he's definitely got some years on him. Most of you that are out toward the front of the copse of trees can see that there is a scar on his face. 
that comes down from the side of his right eye down to the right part of his top lip. And it, it almost seems to pull his top lip up in a sort of permanent snarl. And he says, Why don't the four of you come on down and let's have a conversation like civilized adults? I chopped down another tree. Okay, you hit another tree. Roll me another percentage shot. 36. Okay, this one is actually a miss. No! Now that they know what's up, it's getting a little more difficult. So this one falls between a couple of them. Now, now, that's not very civilized. I know that you're in there, and I believe that we have some business to discuss. I have it on good authority that the four of you are responsible for the deaths of some of our best agents. Now, I would like to discuss this face to face. Send out your leader. Brackle hops down. Oh, God. I throw my fish at him. (laughs) You still got that fish? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A fish comes flying out of the woods. (laughs) It hits him, and he says, Was that a fish? (laughs) Yeah, and they'll be more like it if you keep this up. This must be the most uncivilized interaction I've ever had, and that is saying something. If you would please stop throwing fish at me and send someone out to discuss our situation. I'm already out. Jorg is standing in view. What do you want? Jorg, you recognize him. You've seen him before, back in Brightport. Okay, what's his name? It's the Shiv. Hey, you Shiv. I know you from somewhere. I'm the people's champion. Oh, Jorg. Saul steps out of the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just got lightheaded. I almost passed out. (laughs) (laughs) He knows who I am. Saul is jealous. Jorg. He turns to one of his buddies, or one of his his peons. It's Kjork. Are you scared now? Tell me, Kjork. Oh my gosh. Is Misk with you? Acha-cha. Welcome back to Make Believe Heroes. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. We've been excited about this one for a while, so I don't want to take too long in this mid-roll section, but we do have a couple orders of business to take care of. First of all, we want to thank you all for listening, for your support, for everything that you do to help our show, for every retweet, for every post on Facebook, everything that you tell us through email, and of course, for telling your friends and leaving us five-star reviews. If you want to help out the show, but you haven't done those things, you can follow us on Twitter at MBH Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash MBH Podcast. And of course, you can email us at letters at makebelieveheroes.com. And if you visit our website, you can enlist in our mailing list where we'll send out notices about any giveaways, any new announcements that we have. By the way, we are starting our February giveaway right now. We have a set of white and gold acrylic dice from DiceEnvy.com that we want to give out to one of our fans. DiceEnvy.com is a site where you can buy all the dice you can need for your gaming table. 
they have metal dice, acrylic dice. They have these awesome exclusive D4s that they just put out. They're not the pointy ones. They're these little infinity dice is what they call them. They are wonderful. You should go get some for your table. And if you go to DiceEnvy.com and you use the code HEROES, then you can get 10% off of your order. And if you use the link in these show notes, then we get a small percentage of that. So that helps our show out. We're not big time. We're not rolling in that cash. We're not doing this full time. We're not even doing this part time. We're doing this because we love it. And anything that we bring in is just to, you know, help keep everything going smoothly without having to dig too deep into our own pockets. So thanks for anything that you do to help out our show, whether that is buying something from Dice Envy or whether that is sharing about our show online. We couldn't do this without all your help. And we just want to say how much we appreciate all of you who go the extra mile to let us know that we're appreciated and that you love our show and that you want us to keep making awesome content. And to repay all of our fans, we want to do our giveaway for February. To win these really cool white and gold acrylic dice from DiceMB.com, along with a nice little tin that they came in, all you have to do is send in a question on Twitter, on Facebook, or to our email, which is letters at makebelieveheroes.com, for our upcoming Behind the Player episode where we're going to be interviewing Felicia. So get your questions in about Misk, anything with her backstory, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to Misk's origin story episode, you should listen to it before you finish this one. There's a lot going on right here that ties directly into that episode, which is why we planned for it to release the week before this episode came out. We worked really hard to make that happen. So please, if you haven't listened, it's a great episode. I really loved it. It's powerful and you should definitely go listen to it. So listen to that. If you have any burning questions after listening to that, anything you'd like to know about Misk, about her past, about Felicia, about her history in gaming, or you know her favorite color, anything, just whatever you want to ask, send your questions in via social media or to our email at lettersandmakebelieveheroes.com, and we will automatically enter you in to win this beautiful set of white dice with gold letters. We want to get right back into the show, so I'm not going to take too long. We're just going to do one review this week. This review comes from Tom Abbott 26 and it's entitled A Must Hear. This is by far the best D&D podcast I've heard. They're funny, clean, and engaging. The characters are unique and the DM's storytelling is fantastic. The story is gripping and I often find myself chomping at the bit for new episodes to air. I recommend this to anyone who likes D&D or people who just like a good story. Thanks guys and keep up the amazing work. Wow, that is some really high praise. Thank you so much for all of your kind words. Thank all of you guys who go in there and write us that five-star review. We appreciate the five-star rating. That definitely helps. But we love getting that review that just lets us know how you feel about the show and if you're enjoying it. So thank you so much, Tom Abbott, for leaving that for us. We hope that we can keep things up to the standard that you have now set us at. Okay, now I'm, now I'm stressing a little. Anyhow, thank you guys so much for listening. I don't want to take any more of your time. Let's get right back to the episode, shall we? Saul steps out of the bushes. Stop talking to the meat. <laughs> Who are you? What is your business here? Who are you? That's Misk. You can address me as such Saurus, and I suggest you bow in... <laughs> That's Misk. I suggest you bow in front of royalty. You know how tricky she is. I suggest you bow in front of royalty. Yes, bow before her. Uh, you may have noticed, I'm already pretty short, so bowing is not really something I like to do. Lick the dirt, then. I'll deal with you in a moment. 
but for now, I'm trying to have a conversation. Misk. Misk. Come on out, Misk. That is Misk. Shiv. Misk drops down from the tree. Okay. And comes up and stands quietly right beside Kjorg. Oh, Misk. Is it, is it my birthday? It must be my birthday. This could not be sweeter. He waves his arms at, like, the crowd around him, and he says, We get a tip that the four responsible for the death of so many of our agents for causing so much trouble with our operation have traveled this way, and we arrive to discover that it is none other than you, Misk. Actually, it was all me. How do you know this piece of trash, Misk? And where is your fourth member? He turns to one of the halflings beside him. There's four, right? Yeah, yeah, boss. There's four of them. Brackle leaps from the cops. He aims an arrow right at this guy's face and shoots. Does he shoot? He shoots? He shoots. Yes. All right. Roll it. That is a 16. That is a hit. Shiv! Oh, God. So that's a six. What's your AC? 15. Okay. Three arrows come flying at you, Brackle. Uh. But only one of them hits. I dodge. You take six damage. Hmm. Everyone back into the tree line. Your arrow sinks into the Shiv's shoulder, and he flinches just a little. And then he gets a sort of determined, slightly angry, also slightly mischievous grin look on his face. And he says, That is certainly uncivilized, isn't it? Misk, would you like to inform your friends that if a single arrow, a single attack is directed toward myself or any more of my men, we will rain death down upon the four of you. And I do not think that this is a fight you can win, is it? And as he says that, you guys can hear as through the trees, more of them are moving in towards you. And now there's, you know, roughly somewhere around 27 or 28 of them with bows drawn and swords in hand circling around you. Great. Brackle fires another arrow. Oh my god. Does he? <laughs> no. Oh god. So gosh. He, he wants to real bad. Do you reach up like you're almost going to grab another arrow? I do. And then at the last second, I hold my hands out like, like not in a surrender, but in a, I'm not going to shoot right now. And okay. he says, You speak of being civilized, but you're the miscreants who have. Oh goodness. What is your business with Misk? What do you want? I do have some unfinished business with Misk that doesn't concern you, but I am afraid that we have come to kill all of you. Misk holds out her hand towards Saul, and she had the cloak on, and it, the hood was up. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I never said that, but I mean, obviously. Sure, obviously. So she kind of takes the hood off. Hello, Misk. It's good to see you. I've missed that beautiful smile of yours. I would say... It's nice to see you again, but it's not. I would imagine that it's not. You had to know I would find you. I always knew you would find me. I just didn't know that I'd have these friends with me when you did. Your friends. Do you deny that the four of you killed dozens of our men in the Devil's Pass? 
And by the way, how exactly did you manage that? What are you talking about? Do you deny that you've been operating in Branchar? I do not. You know, I feel like you have enough men here with you today that we could we could pretty much show you how we took care of all those men if you want us to. Ooh. Come now, miss. Do you really think that would go in your favor? When he says that, he just reaches down and just, like, pops a latch on the sword on his waist. You know how I got my name, Misk. Don't you remember? I told you the day we met down in our fight club. It's a name that I earned. Isn't that right? But all this banter is becoming tiresome. Let me make it clear for you. We were sent here with specific orders to find those responsible for breaking down our operation at the Devil's Pass and kill all of you. I didn't realize that it was you, Misk. No, I have different orders entirely concerning you. What's that? Why, to bring you home, of course. You are going to have to pay off your debts in full, Misk. Of course, if you all want to bring it to blades and bolts, then we can do that. And you will all die where you stand. Nah, take her. Jork. <laughs> the Shiv's always too scared to fight me. Ha! How about that? He's not wrong. Brackle stares him dead in the eyes and says, It would be your mistake to leave us here alive. Because if I leave here, once we've taken care of the problems in Branshire, I will hunt down every last one of your hot feet. Oh, you fools. Forgive me if I'm not too concerned while I have 30 of my best men with arrows trained on your head, human. Here's a thought. Why don't you shut up and let the adults talk? <laughs> Brackle flicks them off. <laughs> is there a is there an equivalent gesture in Monumi? Yeah, that's well you got that's that's equivalent. I mean, we used it in season 1. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, Brackle is not willing to let him have the last word. He says, mm -hmm. he says, prattle on then. Tiefling, you with the, the red and the black leather, this whole thing you have going on. Who are you? What's your business with my friend, Miss? Saul, you don't have to answer him. Yes, he does. He most certainly does. <laughs> I'll answer who I like. He, uh, lots of cigar. You can call me Sutsaurus, peasant. <laughs> peasant. I like this one. What exactly is the nature of your business with Misk? My business is my own. But do tell me, you have business with her? She owes you a debt? A debt to the hot feet? Oh yes, she has cost us greatly. Misk, you've been working with the hot feet? No, it's not what it sounds like. Sure it is. You didn't seem to have a problem with it when we were lining your pockets with gold, Misk. No, I lined my own pockets. Did you? What about when you were singing in our club and announcing for our fights? I didn't know who you were. I introduced myself to you as the Shiv the day that we met. You didn't tell me that tell you me. were the hot feet. Oh, please, Misk, abandon this farce of innocence. Perhaps you believed that you could turn a blind eye and everything would turn out fine. 
But did you really think that when you directly disobeyed my order, that it wouldn't come back around to you? We had a fortune riding on that fight. And let me guess, you didn't even tell Kjork to throw the match, did you? What? Of course I didn't. Kjork? First of all, you really think that if I told him that he would listen? He's the people's (laughs) champion for a reason. That was your responsibility, your problem, not mine. Apparently, it's your problem, that's why you're here. It doesn't matter. Did he start the fires, Misk? Or was that one all you? Kjorg, don't listen to him. Kjorg, the night that you both left Brightport, do you remember the smoke? That was all thanks to your friend here, Misk. Did you know, Misk, that many people lost their lives that night? (laughs) Now that's my kind of tiefling. So innocent people had to pay the price for you, Misk. To, what, escape? Make away from Brightport with all of the money that you'd made? It's not what it was. I see. Well, you know what? I'm finished talking about this. Let's make it simple. Is this to be an execution? No words? Fine. That's fine. I'll simply inform my superiors that you, Misk, were a part of this operation, and there was nothing that we could do, so... Everyone, draw your bows and move in firing on my mark. He holds his hand up. Three. Would you stop? Brackle shoots him again. Do you shoot him? I do. You reach for an arrow and two of them fire at you. I don't care. Brackle takes it stoically. He's boromiring it. Oh, gosh. Hold on a second, Brackle. One of them was a natural 20. Yeah, it was. Oh, boy. Brackle streamed at this moment. 12 damage. Mm. 5 damage. Oh, crap. You take 27 damage. Okay, so I am making saves now. <laughs> okay. Two arrows oh go gosh. flying out from the crowd and just ram into Brackle's chest. And he stumbles down to a knee and then falls over, clutching at his chest, <laughs> blinking between consciousness and unconsciousness. He spits a curse in his delirium at the Shiv. Idiot human, stop, Shiv. Make us a deal. Give us your best. Let, let us... Chorg versus your best. Let's settle it. <laughs> Do that. Really? Yes. That would be me. Oh. I'll tell you what, make me a persuasion check, Saul. Oh, sweet Jesus. Well, it's... Thank God it's a 16 on the dice, but my persuasion is... Ooh, it's good. That's a 21. Okay, he rolled pretty good, too. Oh, no. But let me see what his wisdom is. Okay, he rolled a 19 on the dice. But his wisdom is a plus zero, so that's a 19. Oh, wow. He rolled a 19. That's ridiculous. I'm supposed to just trust that as I step forward to face Kjorg, that the other three of you won't interrupt the fight? I won't let him. I kind of want to see that. And what are the terms of this agreement? A fight to the death. How about this? If Kjorg manages to best me, and I draw my last breath, my men will leave. Without a question. He looks around and he says, Absolutely. And that is an order. 
But if I yet live and Kjorg, the people's champion, draws his last breath, then all of you come with me. Do we have an agreement, Kjorg? We all go with you? Each one of you must lay down your weapons and come with us willingly. Of course, one of your friends is currently lying on the dirt bleeding out, so we may have to just leave him behind. Kjorg, it's up to you. Well, yes, of course. Let's fight. Saul looks at Misk. I don't know what you've done, but I think the bet should be just for you. For me? For you. To go peacefully, because they want you alive. Pay off a debt. What is it to pay off a debt? You're going to be working somewhere for a few years? That's not how they do things, Saul. What do you mean? They do things like we did. That's enough banter and discussion. The time for conversation has ended. We hold all the cards. I have accepted your challenge. It will be myself versus Kjorg. If I win, the two of you will come with me willingly and will see about your dying friend. If you win, we will let you all go. Do we have a deal? Kjorg? Okay. Brackle rolled a 12 on his death saving throw. Misk, got a potion, something, help him. Yeah, I'll help him. I rolled over ten three times. Let's draw this circle. <laughs> Are you ready, Kjorg? Yes. You use a healing word on Brackle and his pleading stops. We put a dagger on the ground at each of our heels, and we take turns punching each other until we die. No, Kjorg. It is your best versus my best. Choose your weapon and choose wisely. I'll be using Nick, my short sword. He has his men clear out an area and they make sort of a semicircle, pinching you all in between them and the trees. And he says, are you ready? One weapon, eh? Obviously the mace. Obviously. Roll initiative. Mm, 21. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, wow. He got a nat 20. Wow. I'm glad it was for initiative. Yeah. That would make his initiative a 23. You step forward? Yes. He comes at you. With advantage. Lame. What's your AC? Uh, 16. Why does he have advantage? Because of his assassinate feature that allows him to attack with advantage if he's attacking someone. Oh, God. This is going to be bad. That is a hit. Oh, gosh. Okay, you take 24 damage. Holy crap. What? He comes rushing towards you. He draws his sword in one swipe, and he drives it up between your ribs for 24 damage. Misk, you're going to lose your half-orc today. With a dagger? No, with a short sword. Oh, a short sword. Yes. Still, 24 damage with a short sword? Sneak attack. How's he sneaking? It's rogue stuff, dude. They can really do it. He has the assassinate feature, which means during his first turn, he has advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't yet taken a turn. His sneak attack applies when he hits a target that he has advantage on the attack roll or if they're within five feet of an ally. So he can't do sneak attack again unless he gets advantage for some reason. But since he had advantage, this gave him the sneak attack damage. Well, that's lame. He draws his sword out of your gut. He swings it at you again. What? This one is a miss. Thank God. So you are able to bring your mace up and deflect the second attack. It's your go. Okay, I guess I'll go. Come on, Kjorg. Don't give up. 
I'm gonna swing at him. Okay. Just imagine if he'd rolled in that 20 on the attack, it would have been 10 D6s. Jorg's dead. Get a hit. Go ahead. Jorg. Roll it. Well, it's a three. <laughs> this is so It bad. was gonna be a 19, but then it hit another dice and stuff. You miss, right? You, you step forward, you swing, and you miss. Well, see, the thing is, when you step up to swing at him, you realize this wound in your chest is bad. Breaths are hard to take. It seems like maybe he nicked a lung and you swing, but you just, you weren't on cue. You know what I mean? Or you want to do something else? Yes. Okay. I want to use my bonus action to use my second wind. Okay. Go ahead. And that heals you for... I regain nine. Okay. So you dig deep, take a deep breath, and just sort of suck it up, right? Yeah. And then I want to use my... Uh, action search. Yes, to take additional action. Yes, to attack him again. Okay. Wow. That is a nine plus six, 15. Mm, that's a hit. Aha. Uh-huh. Please, God. This is not good. So that's four plus four damage. Eight damage. Okay. So you bring your mace up the second time, and he goes to duck out of the way, and it actually crashes into the upper part of his back. And you can feel the spikes on the end of the mace just dig into his flesh, and he lets out a little, "Uh, Not too bad, half-orc. Let's see if your guts can handle another slice. And he's coming back in at you, Kjord. Probably can't. (laughs) Not like the last one, anyway. First one is actually a miss again. Thank God. The second one, however, is a hit. Of course. Not very nice. The second one, you take nine damage. Wow. Are you down? No. What's your current HP? Four. Okay. That's it. That's the end of his turn. It is now your turn again. Do you have it in you, Kjorg? Do you think that you can best me? Your friends will be leaving here with me, half-orc. Not if I have anything to say about it. I attack. How am I seriously getting such a low rolls? It's a non, so it's 15 again. That's a hit. Six plus four, 10 damage. It's a good hit. It's a good hit. This one hits him in the chest and it knocks the wind out of him. And he stumbles back, but he rolls up, he gets up, he spits out a little blood. <sighs> I don't like to bleed, Kjork. Let's end this. And he comes swinging at you. The first one is a 16. The second one is a 17. Wow. You take... You're dead. 10 damage. On the first one? Well, no. On the first on the first one, you take 3 damage. Okay. So I'm reduced to 1. Mm-hmm. And then when he hits me with the second one, I have 1 HP left. Yep. He comes up and he stabs you with the first one. And when he does, you cough up a great cough of blood, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, Ugh, any last words, Kjork? And he draws his sword back out and he holds it up to your throat. It's going to take more than that to kill me. And I use my relentless endurance. To stay aware. Instead of dropping down to zero, I stay at one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. He goes to like stab you in the throat and you sort of jerk out of the way just a little bit and it does cut you but it doesn't stab you in the neck like he's playing to just kill shot you and you've got one hit point but you are bleeding from (laughs) 
holes all over your body. You're in a puddle of your own blood, and you're struggling to stand. And he's basically standing over you. This is the people's champion. I swing up at his secret place. (laughs) Roll it. Can you say groin? As is described in the Bible. So that is an 18. It's a hit. That would be five damage. You swing up and you miss his groin. But you hit him in the hip and it bounces off and you can tell it definitely hurts, but you're you're weak. You're bleeding. And he steps up to you and he puts the point of his short sword up against your chest. It was nice knowing you, half-orc. Wait. And Misk runs out from the bushes. What is this? Why should I wait? The combat is finished. I won. That was the agreement. A fight to the death. Are you suggesting that you're going to break your agreement? Should I just have my men kill all of you? Just take me and leave them. Let them go. They didn't do anything. Kjorg didn't know. He didn't know he was supposed to throw the fight. What's your point? Just take me instead and leave them be. Why? Don't kill them. Why would I only take you when I could take all four of you? You know I'm more valuable than them. They will end up just causing a problem. Valuable in what way, Misk? It's not as if you're going to return to work for me. Not after all of this. I'll do whatever you want. Misk. Roll me a persuasion check. I got a 15. So you're saying that if I let your half-orc friend live, you'll come back to work for me? I mean, let them all live, Shiv. Hmm. Saul pulls out his dagger and walks over next to Misk. Mm Mm-hmm. She's more valuable to you alive, huh? He's going to turn around and face her, and he goes, I'm sorry. And he's going to, like, go around behind her and put that pretty little dagger up against her throat. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're going to kill us, I'll make sure that she dies first. That way, you know, she can't be valuable to you. Saul, what are you doing? You're already offering to go. I'm just helping persuade the man to take you instead. After all this, you expect me to believe that you would harm Misk? She's obviously a friend of yours. (laughs) Cut me, I dare you. (laughs) So he's distracted, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but all of his friend, all of his guys aren't. Okay. You want to try and attack him? Oh gosh. Yeah. All right. Roll me an attack roll. That's a seventeen plus six. Okay. So you swing your mace, and it's going true, and it even connects. So you can roll me the damage. It's eight. Okay. So he takes eight more damage, and it, this one actually hits him really hard. It feels like you've dug deep and give it all that you had, but an arrow comes flying out of the crowd and just crashes into your back, and you fall down unconscious. Are you sure he hit me? Yeah, he rolled a 19. Does that hit you? <laughs> no. Thought it did. While that action's going on, Saul's going to be whispering in Miss Gear as fast as possible. Okay. If we can convince him to let you live and work, then no one has to die, and I can find you later. It sounds... that's fine. That'll be quite enough with these antics. Look, I'm not interested in losing any more of my men. One of yours is currently dying, and the other looks like he could die at any moment, he says, pointing at Brackle. Who's doing what, by the way, during all this? Well, this whole time I've been kind of 
standing there glaring, thinking about all the things I'm going to one day do to Shiv. Okay. <laughs> Misk, if you're willing to come with me now and enter once again into my employ to sing for us, we have built a new club. You'll love it. Just wait till you see. No one announces a show quite like you, Misk. If you'll do that, then I'll let your little friends live for now. I agree. I'll go with you. I'm sure your word is your bond, but I'm going to need this one in writing. And one of his friends comes up, and this guy hops off the horse, and he's not holding a bow or an arrow. He is holding an orb in his hand, and he brings out a contract. A scroll that they keep for occasions just like this. This should do quite nicely. Now, if you'll just sign this one, please. With your own blood, of course. And this halfling steps up, and he holds out a little dagger for you to prick your finger with. I kind of... Saul's still holding me, isn't he? He's got the dagger up to my throat. Yeah, I mean, he's not touching your hands. He's going to release you. He wouldn't recognize signing in blood would be normal for him. Well, Misk, do we have a deal? Misk uh, signs the scroll. You sign the scroll in your own blood. And when you do, it glows with a red light. Great. The halfling rolls it up. He gives a nod to the shiv. He says, it's done. And the shiv says... And now, Misk, you belong to me. He motions toward his men and the ponies. Shall we? I'll see you soon. I look back at Saul and I... Um, I Misk is just... She's very... Uh, distraught and... Like, she didn't want it to go this way. She looks over and sees Cure laying there, hurt... And which she hates because mm. he never, he never loses. So she doesn't have to see him like that often. Mm. And then she looks over and sees Brackle, her new friend, hurt. And she sees Saul, who she wasn't with for a long time, and just got him back. And now she has to leave him again. Yeah. So she looks back at Saul and she says, "I can't be like Dimvarga." He just narrows his eyes. And she turns around, puts her hood over her head, and follows the shiv. The shiv turns. He mounts his horse. He signals for one of his companions to get the horse of the guy that was shot by Brackle. Bring it over for her to ride. And he turns to the two of you that are still standing. I suppose this is farewell for now. You might want to tend to your half-orc friend there. He doesn't seem to be doing very well. And don't worry. We'll be seeing one another again. Very soon, I believe. I'm sure we will. I look forward to it. He turns and he spurs his horse forward. Come now, Misk. Let's get back to Brightport. We have some business to attend to. As you all are turning and going to tend with Kjord, and your companion is riding away. Saul turns around and looks. He's just going to watch her go. I cast Cure Wounds. 
Kjorg is healed by six. And that's where we're going to have to end this episode. I hate you. In the arms of an angel. Oh my gosh. Everybody <laughs> muted their microphone just then. <laughs> what? So, that is, uh, that's it for this week. Man, that hurts my character. Not a fun episode. Nope. 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 So, for now, Misk is gone. Out of the picture. So for a while, for a time, Misk is going to not be a part of the party. That's not to say that she's not going to reappear and show up, but there is going to be a time here where we are, she's off, she's off camera, she's off screen, which means for the next X few episodes that Felicia won't be playing with us. This is a weird situation because Misk isn't dead, but Misk is gone. I'm going to kill the Shiv one day. Misk is still a part of this story. So stay tuned for more on Misk. But when we come back next week with episode 16, Felicia, you you won't be in episode 16, right? Wait, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. This is, this is a character choice that Felicia and I talked about, something that we decided we wanted to do. It's all... It's all working toward a future, so just trust in us and Felicia and all of us, and we love you. We love you. We're going to miss you, Felicia. I'm going to miss you guys a lot. It's been a lot of fun. We'll miss you. You'll be back very soon. Sooner than you think. Sooner than you know it. We'll see. Maybe you're dead. I'm just kidding. You'll be back (laughs) soon. Not funny, Paul. For now, this has been Make Believe Heroes. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye. <sighs> Goodbye. Bye. Uh-uh. You say goodbye. <laughs>